All right, welcome back to the Watch Your Beef podcast. My guest this week is Dan Barrett from Big Smoke Barbecue, 2017 Australian champion and owner of Four Monkeys. If you've got any questions, please hit us up on the Watch Your Beef Facebook page or Instagram page. Otherwise, enjoy, legends. Hello, Barry. Dan, welcome to the Watch Your Beef podcast. How you going? I'm going good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How you been spending your isolation time? Um, it's been pretty quiet, to be honest with you. Um, just been doing a lot of cooking, uh, working on some new rubs, um, some new flavours, and um, just doing some stuff around the house, basically. Yeah, right. Um, hoping, hoping we can get out of the house pretty soon and catch up with some mates and have some beers. But at the moment, just sort of, Chilling at home and eating a shitload of chicken wings. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, um, can you can you tell me any anything more about these new rubs or new flavors you're working on, or are they top secret? Not at the moment. Not at the moment, mate. It's been under the hat at the moment, but um, Just fingers crossed on it. Fingers crossed in the near future, we might be have a new announcement coming out pretty soon. So, but hey. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, right. It's exciting yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah, right. You're staying well busy during isolation. Well, there's not much else you can do. I tell you, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Oh, really? <laughs> so I spend, I spend um, most of my nights playing with Jai Healy and Doug Thomas and swearing at each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's good fun. Yeah, wicked, man. So um, I guess we'll sort of give you the first question that I've got for you is, how did you get into barbecue? Um, basically, you know what? I just saw it on TV. I saw American Pitmasters one afternoon on Foxtel when I was sitting at home. And I've always been a big fan of eating um, meats and stuff. So I thought to myself, well, you know what? I really want to try this because it looks, it looks really, really good. So I went out that same weekend and brought my first barbecue. I think it was a... Pro-Q bullet smoker. Um, it was a Saturday afternoon and I went straight to the butcher shop and brought a pork shoulder and I got home and I, I chucked it on and I nursed that thing all through that night, <laughs> that first time I had it. and I, I'd smoked out my whole backyard. Classic. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know what, I thought I'm doing it. You know, how good is this? I'm actually doing it. And I nursed that thing through the night and I think I ate it for, ate it for breakfast. And um, yeah, it was horrible. It was like eating a gumbo, really. <laughs> did you did you force any of your friends to eat it too? No, it no, a... no, most definitely not. I didn't know what I was doing at that point, so I just wanted to do a bit of trial and error by myself. Okay. But um, we just basically had it all started, you know, seeing it on TV, and it just sort of snowballed from there. I got hooked and haven't looked back. Yeah, nice. So uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because so many teams have got um, started from that show. I reckon I've asked that question to so many people and so many people have said they got after watching Pitmasters they got hooked. It just wasn't around in Australia. Like it, you know, there wasn't much happening. So it was sort of the only source we had. And then once we sort of got exposed to it, 
it just opened up a whole whole new chapter for Australia. Yeah, for sure. It's a shame Netflix took it down actually from the library. Oh, have they? I don't know. I actually cancelled Netflix about a month, about a year and a half ago. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, <laughs> so I haven't had it. So, but I'm pretty sure I saw every episode before I cancelled it. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't know they took it down. Oh, there you go. Every day is a school day. <laughs> so, um, what was your first barbecue team um, that you had or that you competed with? Uh, first barbecue team was Notorious PIG, actually. Um, that was with a couple of friends of mine, Gav and Nathan. Um, me and Gav sort of got together and started cooking together, and we were both keen to do a, do a competition. We are both nervous as hell. But we, uh, yeah, we put a call out there online, and we, we got Nathan on board, and I think Creekside 2015 was our, was our first one. Um, didn't do too good i think we come sort of mid-packish but um we had fun you know um but yeah no notorious pig was the first was the first one yeah wow so yeah. was that the first creekside it was yes man that comp is like legendary so many mm. people rate it as like the best comp i yeah. went to i went to every creekside um Apart from the one they got, well, you did attend that one. Maybe the one I ended up in hospital afterwards. I was, I was crook, but I still, you know, I was still there. And I've got a giant poster um, off the pub every every time we went there. So I've got the I've got the posters through every year. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll end up putting them up one day in my in my pool room. Yeah, what a what a pool room that would be. There'd be trophies <laughs> everywhere. Um, I've been. <laughs> I've been collecting a lot of shit along the way, just um, posters and banners and flags and checks. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so can you uh, tell me a little bit about Meet Friends and who Meet Friends were? So Meet Friends was Daniel Verby from Danny Bowles Bite Sauce and Scott McGould. Um so yeah, the thing that was that came about 2016. Notorious PIG didn't last very long then. I think 2016 we hooked up together that us three and we um we only done a, a small handful of comps together. Um, I think we just didn't have the time to to commit to it as a group, so we sort of just sort of fizzled out a little bit. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We um you know we done a couple of comps together. We done yaks. Being the highlight was we did yaks and got first place. Brisket yaks in Melbourne. Um, so yeah, nice. Um, yeah, no, those those guys are really good. I learned a lot from cooking next to those guys. Um, that was I was still pretty young and raw at that stage, and they were a bit more experienced with this kind of stuff. So I picked up a lot of tricks along the way, cooking beside them. Yeah, right. Two pretty uh, pretty awesome people to cook beside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were they were good fun. You know, we we all liked a bit of a party, so we all liked to stuff and have a bit of a drink and. Um, yeah, as I said, they're both really, really smart and clever with cooking. So that, was that sounds cool. so unlike you. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually drinking right now. Is that bad? No, it's encouraged. <laughs> it's getting the three in the afternoon, so I thought, why not crack out the, the, the uh, grey goose and have a drink? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. What, so outside of competition, what are your other interests in, in barbecue? Um, obviously making rubs. Rubs and sauces, um, that sort of keeps me on my toes, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty interested in that, and sort of pushing myself to find new flavors and just combine new flavors. 
um, pushing myself to learn more, I guess, in barbecue, um, how, how, how it all works. I, I kind of like to get one of every style of barbecue at my house as well, just so I can become a natural on any sort of cooking sauce, I guess you could say, whether it's a bullet, whether it's a drum, whether it's a spit, whether it's a, a pellet grill or, you know, a reverse flow cabinet or an offset, um, you know. What about can, an hibachi? I haven't got one of them, no. They're all the rage at the moment, mate. I can, they say I know, word I'm, on MasterChef. I've seen your, <laughs> I've seen your post. <laughs> no, I don't have one of those, but, you know. That's what I was sort of like doing when I'm not competing is I'm always got my head in cooking some way or another, whether it's just reading cookbooks, you know, or I'm out in the backyard tinkering with something to do with barbecuing. Yeah, right. What's what's your go-to cookbook at the moment? <sighs> Let me just open up my cupboard. Yeah, <laughs> Here's something I prepared earlier. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to say, I'm probably going to have to say, and because I used it last night, is the hard yeah. cook one of all Jess Pryor's cookbook. Yeah, right. That's um, that's a banging cookbook. It here's is. A little, uh, here's a little story about that cookbook, though. I was in um, the Dramana post office last yeah. year, and in the bargain clearance bin, they no. had soft coffee versions of hardcore carnival. They had about four of them. Did you say soft, about, soft cover? Soft cover, yeah, and they were five bucks a pop. Did you pick them all up? Of course I did. Can I have one? Actually. <laughs> no, I gave them out of stocking stuffers um, oh, last year. Yeah. You, should have, you should have given it to me as a Kris Kringle. I should have. No, my Kris Kringle was awesome anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was a good present, thank you. Uh, so, um, you sort of talked about, um, yeah, um, I guess making rubs and um, your side business is there, but another side business that you have done um, is barbecue catering. So how did you get involved in barbecue catering? Um, it was a few years ago now. I was, when I started off doing competitions and obviously when you first start off, you don't win any money. You're just pouring money into it and it was sort of hard on the back pocket. And I used to look around at all the food caterers serving barbecue and seeing the queues they had lined up and I'm thinking, why am I over here competing? when I could be over that side of the park, just making money and still doing the same thing, you know, cooking barbecue. So that's sort of how I got started and, and I sort of tried my hand in that. But between doing that and I still wanted to compete as well um, and having a young family and whatnot, it just got too much. So, you know, I did that for a couple of years and it was good fun. Um, we catered meat stock a couple of times in Melbourne. So that was probably the highlight for us. And, um, yeah, we had a, a lot of fun doing it, but it's very, it's 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 hard work. A lot of people think you just turn up and serve food and go home, but a lot of time and effort pours into it, um, so it can be pretty draining. Yeah, for sure. I think there's like a little bit of a romantic idea on catering compared to the reality of catering. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And you probably start to feel that now. You've started off doing a bit of catering, whatnot. Oh and, yeah, totally. You know, people think. <laughs> Oh, you're catering. You must be making heaps of money. It's like, yeah, not really, man. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I reckon the first few catering jobs, I reckon we were lucky to, like, earn 50 bucks between yeah. Annie and I. Yeah, and you put a lot of time into it. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, totally. It's risk, like two or three days of prep some days. Yeah, and there's a lot of risk if you don't sell all your food. Like, you and I don't have barbecue restaurants, so we can't 
sort of take it from you a barbecue restaurant and you put it into beans and whatnot, you know. So oh, yeah, for sure. it goes in the in the bin or you just chuck it in the freezer. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's why I felt for all those caterers after meat stock got cancelled. Oh, I know, right. That was the and first that... year that we didn't cater meat stock and I was pissed off that it got cancelled. But, you know, at the time I was, I was sort of a bit pissed off. But now I look back and I go, you know what? <laughs> I, I probably got out of it very easily. I, I really feel for those caterers because I know oh, totally. with meat stock how many thousands and thousands of dollars are poured into it, especially the guys that have come down from up south, you know, and they're yeah. carting all their pits down and hiring trucks and getting tons of wood and tons of meat. And oh, yeah, really for cool. sure. Like, yeah, man, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But um, I guess um, – what advice would you have for someone that was interested and wanted to start out catering? Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> um, what advice? Um, I always liked doing the um, the private events. I think they're a lot safer. Yep. Um, it's all prepaid for. You know how much you're going to cook, how many people you're going to cook for, so you can prepare a lot easier for it. You're in and out in a few hours. There's no wastage um, as opposed to going to like a market or, you know, any sort of food truck festival where you're there for two days and you have no idea how much to cook. And you either, you don't, either, you either don't cook enough and you lose money or you cook too much and you lose money. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to go down that catering path, I'd strongly advise doing um, private events, parties. I think that's the thing about barbecue though. It's not like you can just throw something on really it's not like you're cooking hot dogs or hamburgers yeah. <laughs> it take a few minutes you you know you're cooking something that takes 10 hours um you can't just you can't just chuck another one on once you run out so yeah my advice would definitely be yeah something like down the path of weddings were really good too yeah now they're like those fixed cost events there yeah they're, they're pretty banging but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know <laughs> so um how did four monkeys come about um probably from back in the catering days um because i i sort of only ever had the the pork rub to start with back in the beginning and i was using it on my chicken and my pork and did you it, use it on your mac and cheese uh I, yeah back in the day i did yeah Yeah, continue. It was just just sort of the one run that I went through for everything apart from Bristol. Um, But, you know, I I was always getting a lot of good feedback and people were asking me what was on it and where I could buy it from and stuff like that. And um, as as I said before, I was always interested in sort of reading cookbooks and trying new things and I always wanted to grow what I was doing. So that was sort of seemed to be the next step. Um, So I sort of sat on it for about 12 months just because I was so nervous about what the public would think of it. Um, yeah. But I did it in the end and um, I think I did that and then the lamb one. And um, yeah, it just sort of snowballed from there. I was getting a lot of good feedback. Um, so yeah, I just sort of grew up from there and then I've done the um, the chicken one and now the beef one is the newest one out. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it seems to be getting a lot of good traction. I get a lot of good feedback. I'm, I'm always getting messages um, saying how much I enjoyed it and, People sending me their, their uh, photos of their cooks. And um, now there's even people buying it from overseas. I think I've just sent, in fact, a guy last night just ordered 50-odd boxes of rub to go over to New Zealand. So that was pretty good. 
Um, guys over in the States are starting to use it as well. There's a lot of guys over in Texas using the chicken one and having a lot of success with it. So it's yeah, awesome. it's taken off. It's taken off really well. So, and as I said, working on a couple of things at the moment. Um, I've got a couple of in the back of the book. I've just been sort of finalising and tweaking, but hopefully I can get get something out in 2020. Yeah, perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You've also got like a beer and a hot sauce in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Standing out just from rubs. Just a, just a couple of side projects. I just sort of try to branch off. And um, doing the merch as well. The merch has been going really good. Um, the beer's all gone now. The hot sauce is all gone now. But um, yeah, sick. So you're going to bring out t-shirts and hoodies and all that? I've actually got the hoodies. I've had the hoodies printed for the last couple of months, sitting in my in my cupboard. I haven't haven't um, put them out there to the public yet. But I've just been working on a few t-shirts. So I just wanted yeah, nice. I just wanted to get it all together um, before I release them but i just done another batch of um big smoke t-shirts as well so and and the hats i done earlier on oh perfect that's exciting yeah yeah it's all going pretty well it seems to be just chicken along nicely yeah nice hey um so before the rona hit mm-hmm. um you traveled over to houston for the houston rodeo um, last month how was that it was insane it was insane uh, so many people have asked me this question it's it's a hard one to answer, really, because you can't you can't describe it until you're there. The atmosphere you can't describe, you can't put it into words. But it was big. I think there was like a hundred thousand people that went through there. Um, so if you, think yeah, of, if you think of meat stock, which has ten ten thousand a day, and that's pretty big. Um, yeah, this has about a hundred hundred thousand people through over the three days. So, and people would just spend thousands and thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, just on their site. They they they, they spend the whole week setting up these establishments just to party pretty much. Um, so oh, yeah, wow. there's just one giant big party and <laughs> you know, being an international team in international row, you get um, well looked after. So yeah, it was, it was, it was excellent, mate. I hope, I hope you get the opportunity to head over and do it yourself. One yeah. Fingers crossed one day. <laughs> or even the but, um, American Royal, if you can, uh, Head on over there, maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, who knows what's sort of going to happen this year. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm still – I mean, I'm supposed to be going back there in September. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? I'm still hanging my hat on this, that it will go ahead, but I don't think it will. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I, I suppose you're a bit of a veteran when it comes to travelling to America and competing um, mm-hmm. over there. And obviously, Houston was your first time over at the Houston Rodeo, but you've sort of um, competed at the Royal a few times and um, a few other competitions around America. Yeah. So how have you found competing in America? Obviously, obviously, it doesn't suck, or otherwise you wouldn't go over there Mate, it's so awesome. regularly. <laughs> such a good vibe going to these comps over there. It's not the same as Australia. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Australia's good, but just the people and the vibe... Is so much different over there. They're so friendly. They're just welcoming you in with open arms. And um, every time you go over there, you always learn something because they're obviously such. They're so far ahead of the game. Um, they're just doing amazing things. And uh, you know, as I said the the crowd, the people, everyone wants to talk to you. Everyone's so friendly. They kind of treat you like a rock star over there when you go over there. Stupid as it sounds, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, right. So, what have you found is 
the biggest differences in say like the American barbecue scene versus the Australian barbecue scene? So what was that, mate? You cut out there. Um, what differences have you seen in um, the American barbecue scene versus the Australian barbecue scene? Um, it's, I'd probably say just the people, really. The food's not that much different. Um, I mean, we're all cooking the same meats. We're all using the same rubs and sauces that we buy from the shop. Yeah. Um, we're all cooking it on the same kind of barbecues and using the same kind of fuel. So the barbecue's not that much different. They just do it a lot better than us. Yeah, right. But the people, I think the people will make the make the big difference. Just yeah, sure. super friendly. Um, you know, everyone has their walls down. You can go up and talk to anyone. You can walk up to a complete stranger in a caravan, knock on the door, and ask them for something, and they'll and they'll be ha- and they'll be happy to lend it to you. You know. Yeah, right. It's that whole neighbour asking it for is. a cup of sugar. It is sort of deal. <laughs> Though, I'm telling you, once you once you once you head over there, you'll know exactly. What I mean. Yeah, nice. So, um, what are the biggest challenges you see for an Australian team to head over and compete in the states? Um, I guess I think probably getting your hands on everything you need is the hardest thing. Um, I mean, try and picture turning up to a comp with one suitcase, which is full of clothes like three quarters full of clothes and we got one quarter just the barbecue stuff. And that's pretty much all you're coming up with. So getting your hands on everything can be hard. Um, surprisingly, the probably the, the easiest things to get your hands on are the main things you need, like your barbecues, your um, marquees, your rescues and tables. That's probably the, the easiest. It's the, it's the other stuff that you don't think of or you don't realise you need until you're there. That can be the hard thing. Just all your little brushes and pans and foils and gloves and butters and parsley. Even finding parsley is hard over there because it's just not not there. Um, so it's all those small, tiny little things that you seem to forget until you're there. And because you're, you know, you're in a foreign country, you don't have a car. Um, you know, you're just catching Ubers around everywhere, trying to prepare the best you can. Um, so yeah, it's probably the hardest thing I think. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, hey? Like, do you reckon that going over to America has made you re-look at what you take to comp so you can downsize what what gear you actually need versus, you know, just sort of taking <laughs> everything that you can think of along? 100%. When I was competing a few years ago, man, I used to take the whole kitchen, the whole, the whole cupboard with me, the whole kitchen, and half of it didn't even get unpacked. And I think the... The more you compete with, the more you know, you sort of get your routine down pat. You know exactly what you're going to need. You know exactly what you're going to do. So you just pack for that. You pack for everything yeah. you need and that's it. Nothing more. None of this, I might need that, I might need that. Because, you know, once you get your routine down pat, you know you're not going to need that. Um, and I'm probably preparing a lot at home as well now as opposed to what I was doing years ago. All my sources, injections packed up nicely, already made in the esky. All my meat's already trimmed, ready to go. There's no messing about. You get there. As soon as that window opens, you inject, you rest it, you wake up, you rub it, you cook it, you hand it in, you go home. That's it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I guess after seeing your site, it's very minimalist compared to yeah. um, other teams that I've seen and even even ourselves. Like 
um, yeah, so I mean, it's just every, it's now, and then, every now and then it comes back and bites you on the ass. I'm probably notorious for running around. There's probably one thing at every comp I haven't got, you know, and I'm like, shit, I haven't bought this. And I'll run around the teams and they're always hanging shit on me going, don't you bring anything, you know. <laughs> so I would rather ask for one thing than bring a hundred things too many, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And um, if they don't like it, they can shove up their ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see. <sick. laughs> so, what's your greatest accomplishment in barbecue? Mm. Um, probably got a couple that stand out the most. Um, first would be the winning the Australian Championship in 2017. Um, that was obviously one of the highlights. And then also the next year, going over to the American Royal and competing against the best in the world and coming ninth place in pork ribs. Um, those two probably stand out the most for me. Yeah, nice. So not it's not one of the novelty checks that's on your wall? Um, that's a, They're pretty sweet. That's a uh, close third. <laughs> All right, so uh, everybody has, like, their playlist that gets them going at comp. Mm -hmm. What is the ultimate song that must be on everyone's barbecue playlist, according to you? Oh, that's an easy one, mate. It's actually – there's probably two songs. Um, All right. I reckon you can guess which two they are. Is there Don't Call Me White by Norfolk? It's very close. Ah. (laughs) Oh, it's Brohim. It's Brohim and – Linoleum. Uh, Linoleum. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. I would have thought it'd be like, I reckon like separation of church and skates pretty up there. Oh, mate. Tim and Ross, yeah. <laughs> the whole, every album of No Effect should be on there for starters. <laughs> given. Um, yeah, nah. Look, anything that I can sort of take me back to my teenage years of being drunk and throwing my arms around friends and singing songs um, has to be on there. Like Brohim and the linoleum. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of Brohim, can you talk about how Brohim barbecue came about? No, it's top secret. So, hey, I said I, I'd tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah, uh, no, look, um, so, no, I'll t- <laughs> um, it came about. That's it right. came about going over to New Zealand, really. Um, yeah. I wanted to go over there and compete and I'm sort of competing on my own and then Jai, I think Jai Healy was going to go over there and compete or go over there and hang out and I asked him to join me and um, we thought it was a, a bit unfair for him to compete as Big Smoke and unfair for me to compete as Smokeface so we thought Bugger it, we'll just do it as a bit of a gag and just do it as Bro Hume um, and Bro, the 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 name Bro Hume come about just from the love of the song that we both have. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Hey, so um, what pits are you running at comp? Um, so I'm running GMGs and drums, man. Um, I run two two GMGs. I run the the Daniel Bone and the and the um Jim Bowie, and I'm running a drum. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I've been to. Um, yeah. Seems to work well for me. I like to do my briskets in my drum and everything else in the GMGs. Um, yeah, it seems, to be, it seems to be seems to be working for me so far. 
you want to run me through step by step how our pellet grill works? No, not really. No. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> hey, so speaking, <laughs> speaking of bits, um, how do you find the pellet grill and the drum? Because you used to run an offset um, back at comp back in the day. I did. Um, how do you find the results that you get on the pellet grill and the drum? Digging it? I'm digging it, yeah. I was pretty skeptical first, first when I first started. Um, but it's, it seems to be working really well and I don't have to stay up all night throwing logs on the fire and set my alarm for every 45 minutes with my swag right next to my firebox where I can just unzip it and open up the door and throw another log in there and zip back up. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like a self, it's almost like self-preservation as well, being like a solo team. Especially being a solo team. You know what? If I had four or five people on my team, yeah. I could probably, you know, do the offset still, but being on my own, I like to sleep. Um, and, I, and I also like to party. So, you know, I can turn in at 2 o'clock and then wake up at 6 a.m. and start cooking and and I'm laughing. And yeah. I get really, you know, I think I get really good results out of the pellet grills. So um, a lot of people like to diss them, but they're just haters, mate. That's all it is. <laughs> Let us don't get pellet life yet. That is the good pellet. Hey, you know I'm what? A, I used to hate pellet life. You know, I had a pellet. I had a pellet grill in my first first comp in 2015, and yeah, I turned up with a pellet grill. I don't reckon anyone. I was definitely the only one at the comp with a pellet grill. They weren't really heard of in Australia. And I turned up and I got laughed at and pointed at, and um, so I, I was I was really embarrassed and I went home and I sort of opened my eyes, and I went home and I sold it straight away and I bought myself an offset. And um, now those same people that were giving me shit now all have pellet grills. So <laughs> trust me, times any, are changing. <laughs> me hater, just go out and try it, mate. I'm telling you, you'll be very surprised. You get some really good results out of it. Yeah, for sure. And it's, hey, it's simple. It makes life so much easier. I love our GMG, and we got the same setup as you. Like we got four members in our team, but. Yeah, I just oh, I love our setup, so just so so easy and just wake up a bit later than everyone else. And <laughs> in the in the heat of the moment, once you start hand ins, being a one man team, you can't you can't stop what you're doing to go throw logs on the fire. You know, when you when you're trying to box up, you're trying to heat sources, you're trying to wipe down benches and start again. You know that pellet grill just has to be running and it's humming along, and you just know that everything in there is fine. You don't have to turn around and go, my shit, my fire's gone out or it's dropped temp and you're throwing logs in, trying to get it back up temp really quickly and then you run them back to your boards. Um, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. Geez, even at home, man, like I use that thing four or five times a week and not just for cooking barbecue, I put everything in it. I'll bake cakes in it and make desserts and all sorts of shit. I'm going to try to start doing some breads in there soon. Um, but of course, yeah, nice. also barbecues and pizzas. It just does everything, man. Yeah, sick. Hey, um, so what is your favourite protein to cook at comp? At comp? Hmm, honestly, it goes in waves. Um, what, whatever I'm winning in is probably my favourite protein to cook at the time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, bro, God, it's such a hard one. Definitely not lamb. Lamb I probably yeah. my most hated. Um, always seems to let me down. Um, probably chicken and pork I enjoy the most. Um, brisket, 
can be up and down for me. So when I'm not doing well with it, I hate it. When I'm doing well, I love it. But um, I seem to be pretty consistent in chicken and pork. So they're probably my two favourite. Yeah, nice. Hey, so what's your advice to a team starting out in comp barbecue? Um, I guess don't be afraid to give it a go. Um, don't have any expectations. Just go there with intention just to have fun and whatever happens, happens. Don't Definitely don't go in thinking you're going to walk away with something. Um, like some sort of cash prize or a trophy or a call-up or a GC because it's, it's it's very, very, very rare that it happens. Um, so, yeah, just go and have fun, prepare, pre- prepare well, um, get some sleep leading up to it because once you're there, you're not going to get any. <laughs> um, just start, I guess just start with a few small local comps and then work your way up to the, to the bigger ones. That's about it, I think. Yeah, sweet man. A few moments later. Hey, um, so we're just up to our my five on five segment. So it's just five questions, five answers for each question. Wait, five uh, five questions, five answers for each question. Yeah. All right, I'll give it a go. And you just rank stuff in order. That's all you got to do. All right, I'll give it a go. All right, ready? No. All right. <laughs> All right, rank in order your five most influential pitmasters. Um, I reckon probably Sterling Smith from Luton Booty. He's been a good friend of mine since meeting him back in 2017. Um, we compete a lot together over in America and over in Australia. We're always crossing paths. Um, Scott McGould, he would probably be up there as well. Um, Ex-pitmaster of Q Club and ex-team member of Meet friends. I learned a lot from him definitely back in the day. Scotty, shout out. We have to have some beer soon. Um, probably Daniel Verby as well. Um, more so for his use of flavours. I've never seen anything like it. I used to stand beside him and watch him work his magic and then taste taste it and just be blown away with what he could do. Um, probably, I reckon, shout out to... The boys from Duck Knuckle Smokers. Hey, yeah, cool. South Australia. Those boys, uh, 2016 Australian champions, were sort of on the scene when I was starting out. They were sort of starting out as well, but they were just miles ahead of me and I was always looked up to them in awe and, you know, they were always a team to beat. Whenever Suck Knuckle was at a comp, you always thought, well, there goes GC. Um, but really good guys. Um, again, we need to have some beer soon, boys. And... Uh, <laughs> Probably guys from um, Smokeface, actually. The, the two, two, or the all four boys from Smokeface, they always seem to put up some really good food and I always sort of look up to them. I always try their food at comp and just think I'm always one step behind them. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's probably my five, I guess. Yeah, rad, man. Yeah. All right. So, what are your top five foods to eat that aren't Mexican? You're talking Mexican. I love Mexican. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm actually having Mexican tonight. <laughs> oh, you'll eat Mexican now, but not when I cook it. <laughs> I've been doing Mexican plenty of times, mate. Every minute. Uh, I reckon I can't go past uh, Pot and Palmer at a pub. Yeah, no. It's... That's my go-to when I'm craving something. I just It's always there. Uh, bacon carbonara. The last six months, I've been all over that. 
Um, I haven't eaten it for years, and then I had it about six months ago, and I haven't looked back. Um, a good old yeah, how good's pasta? <laughs> a good old roast pork in the oven with crackling and all the sides of the roast potatoes and gravies. Um, that's that's definitely going to be up there. Um, <laughs> cocoa pops is that a- yes? Awesome. Nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Cocoa Pops, mate. I could eat that shit breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and even after dinner. Um, and just chicken wings, I guess. I'm on a yeah, I'm on, smashing them I'm on the chicken wing bandwagon. I go through about two or three kilos a week. Um, I've just been enjoying smoking them and then deep frying them. Um, pretty much because I can't get to the Q Club, so I've had to make my own. Um, but yeah, chicken wings, smashing those lately too. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Do you ever do them like buffalo style or just um, straight up with just the seasoning? I just like them dry, man. I love them dry. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, if I'm if I'm out of the pub, like a sports bar, and I'm having buffalo wings, I'll I'll do the the whole blue cheese thing and the buffalo sauce. But when I'm at home, just dry, deep fried, and then a bit of wing dust. I do the buffalo hot wing dust. Or uh, a bit of Nashville slash uh, salt and vinegar, 50-50. That's sort of my, yeah, nice. that's sort of my two go-to. Yeah, sweet. All right. What are your top five rubs or sauces that aren't for monkeys? Good question. Well, Luton Booty's rubs, obviously. Um, they, they, they cop a fair hiding. Um. The smoking guns, um, I, yep. use, I use a fair bit of that. Junior's rub for grub. I sort of got onto him. Uh, um, I brought back some when I went over to the states last time, probably twelve months ago, and um, that's been getting a bit of a hideout ever since I come back with that. The Texas order is actually you put me onto. Um, shout out to Aaron Leslie. He he has some really good products and injections and rubs. So. Um, yeah, I cop the, uh, they they all cop a bit of a hiding at comp too, and I think does Cow Whisperer get a get a look in? Cow Whisperer, it's probably in sixth. Oh, uh, yep, fair probably enough. in sixth. Probably a bit stiff to be honest with you, not to be in the top five, but um, I couldn't leave out any of these five. So the fifth one would have to be, which I've been on, I've probably been using this since the day I started, is Killer Hogs the barbecue rub. Yeah, nice. And, um, yeah, I put that shit on everything. I love it. It's really, sweet. <laughs> it's really sweet. So I like to use a lot of heat in my sauces. Um, so yeah, I'd like to try and balance it out with a really sweet rub. So yeah, kill a hundred. Yeah, nice. Sure. Yeah, sick. All right. So um, last one on the five on five segment is five times that you smiled in the last twelve months. Oh, come on. Um, um, now you've stumped me there, mate. <laughs> I've got nothing. Fair got enough. Nothing. <laughs> then I, so, then I fucking call uh, me smiley for nothing. <laughs> All right. So, what is uh your most outrageous barbecue headline for 2020? Oh shit! I knew this was coming, and I didn't even prepare for it. It's kind of funny because so many people, their most outrageous headline is that barbecue comps would just return this year. 
My most outrageous headline, Jai Healy will do a comp and then not complain about the judges afterwards. <laughs> that would be my... That would be my... Be my <laughs> uh, fair enough. And then uh, our final question brings us up to our final question. It's, our, it's my what's your beef question. Mm-hmm. And uh, final question is, what's your beef with vegan bakery treats? What is not to have a beef with, mate? Come on. <laughs> it's vegan bakery treats. I'm hanging up. How do I hang up this thing? <laughs> nah, look, you will never catch me eating. And you know this. We've had this discussion a few times. You're all about the vegan bakery treats. You reckon that I won't even notice I'm eating them. I still refuse to eat them. And you reckon you're going to slip a donut in at some point. And I'm not going to notice, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what uh, 2020 will bring? Hopefully, some comps, man. I'm hanging to get out there. I oh, know, right? I'm hanging to see everyone. But um, oh, well, I got podcast is the closest thing. <laughs> I have a very good feeling that it's not going to be long now, and I reckon we might get a couple of comps in towards the end of the year, and hopefully, we can get a, a, a grand champion for the for the whole year. Yeah, that's it. I've um. We're sitting in ninth at the moment. Mm, ring the bell. <laughs> even... ring the bell now. Oh no, well, we didn't even we didn't even um yeah. So oh <laughs> we'll see how we go. How many um <laughs> anyway. how many comps you done so far? Two. Two, yeah, right. Uh, so been, before I'm we finish up, been... man, is there any shout outs or um anything you want to say? Or where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook. Um, uh, under Big Smoke Barbecue or Four Monkeys or Dan Barrett. Take your pick. Um, look, hopefully we can get it back out soon and come and have some beers and hang out with each other and, you know, you see me to come, whatever, come and say hi and bring some beers and bring some tunes and let's have some fun. Sweet, man. Sounds good. Well, yeah, thanks for joining me on the Watch Your Beef podcast, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Hopefully uh, see, you in, see you in person soon. No worries, man. Take it easy. See you, bro. See you, buddy.